Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Nelly Does a Podcast. Um, today I want to talk about a hard topic, not the most soft and easygoing or funny kind of thing. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about grief. So there's an episode or topic I guess I've been wanting to touch on for a while, but I don't feel like I was, I guess, emotionally prepared. I probably still not emotionally prepared, but it's just something I wanted to kind of share and not hold in and things like that um yeah so as a lot of people know I lost my father this year in the beginning of the year it's been a little over six months since we've lost him and I don't talk about it much outside of like my nuclear family and my partner I don't really talk about the grief or how I'm feeling and it's kind of like that very surface level of people asking like hey how are you holding up or how are you feeling it's like oh I'm I'm fine I'm okay you know hanging in there and I am but obviously one is never prepared to lose a parent and you're never prepared for all the emotions that come with grief you know it's not just sadness it's not just missing them and asking why and things like that there's a lot of other things that kind of come with that and a lot of like the cycle of grief and 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 learning to to live without this person and different levels of grief and different levels of loss you know um yeah like i i always knew this was going to be a day that came eventually like my my father had me at a very older age who he i'm turning 30 next year um but i'm 29 he had when he when i was born he was about 50 51 already so he was so much older than my mom and like a lot of the other parents in school and stuff so you know he would come pick me up and it was like oh your grandpa's here and I'm like no actually that's my dad that used to like piss him off he hated when teachers referred to him as like my grandfather um but yeah so grief right I knew I would feel sad I knew I would miss him I knew it would be times where I cry for like no reason or you know as a therapist I've kind of counseled people on their own griefs and something that kind of was like an aha not an aha moment it's not funny but it's just kind of like oh okay like I would always hear my clients my grief clients kind of speak about time right and I would have clients that had been with their partner or their parents or lost you know a significant other or a child or, or whatever it was and they, it would be a month or six months past or seven months past and this person had been in their lives for decades or years and years and years and they would be like you know when am i going to stop feeling like this it's already been a year it's already been six months like why am i so sad and it's just like in my head i would just be like you were with your a lot of them would be partners so you're with your partner for 30 years do you really think in six months or a year you're gonna be back to normal no like and I would always think in my head obviously no judgment for my clients or grief or how anyone experiences their grief or however that timetable looks for anyone but I would always just look and like not understand that idea of when do I get to stop feeling like this like it's been enough time of me grieving like and I would just think like this is a process like this is something that's gonna be with you forever until my my dad passed and like I said it's only it's only been six months and I have to tell myself that sometimes 
that it's only been six months when I'm having these, you know, emotional outbursts and I'm crying and I don't know where it's coming from or like these waves of sadness or something that reminds me of him and then I just start getting emotional. Um, I have to remind myself that it's only been six months, but I now understand that wanting of not feeling yourself engulfed in this grief, right? Because it's hard. It's hard to live with any kind of loss and, and feel like that becomes your everyday or to be reminded of that loss in, in simple things and feeling like even if you're having a good day, like I can have, a, I remember having like a regular day, I went to like a doctor's appointment and there was this little old man in the clinic and he looked just like my dad and like he just reminded me of my dad and I had to like go sit in the bathroom of the clinic because I just started like crying like uncontrollably and I was just like what the heck or when like, I dream about him or things like that it's just like it becomes not so overwhelming but it just becomes it's just like a, damn like I didn't see this coming today or in this moment like something just hits you and then you're all of a sudden back in that bubble of grief and sometimes it just feels like there's no way out and you want to rush that process you don't want you want to get to a place where you can cope and you can live your everyday life and not surrounded by so much sadness and and hurt and pain and it's a process it's not something that's going to happen overnight it's not something that you're ever going to be simply okay like you'll be okay you're always going to have that level of grief to an extent you're never going to forget your partner your child your parent they're always going to live on inside of you with you and your memories things like that but it is hard and I think it took so long like I knew I wanted to talk about this on the podcast and I haven't like I've, I've shared that my dad passed and I've mentioned it and things like that but like having an episode talking about my grief and just expressing myself and what I've been feeling like the emotions that I've been going through I have avoided it because I didn't want I don't know to speak on it or I guess saying it out loud makes it real even though I've already like been to that point where I know it's real and I don't know it's also very personal grief is, is like a personal experience and obviously yes I come on here and I talk about my personal life I share things on the episode um on my social medias about my personal life so that is a glimpse into my personal like these personal feelings of my own personal grief journey and just that like I I wasn't ready yet just I guess because I haven't processed everything I'm still processing I'm still coping and and dealing with my own grief that I wasn't ready to share it yet and I again might not but I just kind of have been having all these thoughts lately and wanted to I guess get them out and I was like you know what let me just record an episode when I put this out maybe maybe not maybe I'll take a while and just hold on to it or add to it who knows but yeah so in my own kind of processing of my grief I realized that I'm not only sad like obviously I'm sad I'm frustrated like I miss my dad but I'm angry and I guess that's what's the most surprising thing to me is how angry I am I don't want to get emotional on camera um also I did not do my makeup because I didn't want to get emotional on camera um I'm angry obviously because he passed but I don't think 
I'm only angry because he died. I think I'm angry because I feel like, and I know a lot of people feel this in grief. It's like, I didn't have enough time. And it's not only, you know, like I had 29 years with him. There's people who lose their parents before they're born or never meet their parents or lose their parents very young. And obviously they had way less time than I had, which I almost had three decades with him. And, you know, um, his death wasn't so much as a, a sh I mean, it was a shock, but it was like, you know, he was sick for a long time. Um, I'm angry at the lost time during my life. You know, my dad had me when I when he was 50, 51, something like that. Um, so he was already older. When I was in, I want to say like eighth grade. Yeah, I think about seventh or eighth grade, he was um, diagnosed with um, Parkinson's. And that was like the, the first stages of his eventual diagnosis of Alzheimer's and, you know, loss of memory and things like that. Like, and there were always times like growing up, my dad, I'm the youngest of nine for him. Him and my mom have three kids together, but he already has had six adult children, well, older children when he met my mom. Um, so he would always call me by like one of my sister's name or like forget certain things, forget where his glasses were, things, little things like that, that, and he would talk really, really fast. Like sometimes he would stop talking, you would see his tongue was like still shaking because it was moving so fast. And these were things that I saw like character traits, like, oh, that's just how my dad is, not knowing a lot of this was, you know, characteristics of the Parkinson's and dementia and all that stuff. Um, so, and then, if some people know this too, my mother is also a breast cancer survivor. So when I was in middle school, no, when I was in elementary school, my mom was diagnosed with, um, with breast cancer. She had a mastectomy and that was like really hard, like a turning point for our family. And that was, you know, she made it, she, she's a survivor, you know, she went into remission, did her treatment and she's been good ever since, thank God. Um, but just that loss and that fear of losing my mom at such an early age already was like this this little bubble of I couldn't identify it at that time but like it's like its own kind of grief then my dad got diagnosed with Parkinson's and at that time like it didn't affect his everyday life so much until like I was a little older um but then when I so that was in middle school that he got diagnosed and in high school, he went through his own um, prostate cancer scare and all this stuff. So that fear again of like, wow, I already went through this cancer stuff with my mom, like now to have to go through it with my dad. But um, he he was very lucky with when it came to that, like he had surgery, he was fine afterwards and it didn't really affect his day to day much. So then it was just more like, okay, memory thing. And I have very dark humor. If you know me, I joke around about everything. And sometimes it's just like, oh, okay, that's too much. Um, but I have very dark humor and I would always joke around, like even growing up, middle school, high school, where my dad's memory wasn't the strongest, but he was able still to, you know, go to his doctor appointments um, on his own. He was still working. He was still like out and about, but he would like forget his keys or forget our name or forget like an anniversary or, or things like that. Like it started off small, it's something gradual that it's not like overnight you just completely forget everything but it's gradual that it happens and 
if you know when I was younger I would joke around um when I would cut school with my friends and they would come over like during the week my dad would be home and my mom would be at work and my dad would be like oh like why are your friends here and I'll be like oh it's Sunday or it's Saturday and like kind of I was young and dumb and you know I knew he was he's okay maybe a bit of it was like he didn't care and he was like okay I'm not gonna snitch you out to your mom and the other parts was like yeah he did have memory issues that I kind of played against which is like not the best thing as a daughter to do but again I was young and didn't really understand the length and, and full scope of his diagnosis and how it would affect him as years passed so like I, I would make jokes about it and it's kind of like I from an early age knew that you know he would have full-blown dementia at a certain point Alzheimer's all that stuff but I never really knew what that meant like I'd seen it in movies and things like that but it was just like until you actually see a loved one go through that you don't understand like and that's what i mean about i'm angry because the older i got the more that i started to understand his diagnosis and and you know when you're a kid your parents are your parents like you idolize them or or you know you get angry with them or they're the rules and you know you have to either follow the rules or you're a troublemaker or whatever it is like relationship dynamics with parents change the older you get and like when i was younger i was always close to my mom but when i was younger it would be like oh i'm so scared to tell my mom this and that and like as i grew older my mom is my best friend like i tell her everything like even things she don't want to hear but like i tell her everything so as i got older i developed that relationship with her where she was like my best friend i would tell her about boys i would tell her about girls i would tell her about crushes i would tell her about sexual stuff and that's the dynamic that we grew into over time. And I feel like I was robbed of that with my dad. <sighs> Trying really hard not to cry here, guys. Um, yeah, because I feel like when I got to that age that you start developing a relationship with my dad and kind of getting to know him as like a young adult and stuff, hit that's when his memory started kind of deteriorating more. Um, like on a daily basis and I couldn't like I wish I knew like I knew it was gonna get worse over time but I I wish when I was younger I kind of took advantage and you know listen to the stories that he would tell and like I would always say like my dad was like a big preaching like ah one second okay so he would always like preach and I have like videos and that I was looking at recently and it was I think I was like either maybe like 18 19 like I was his memory I think would say started going crazy down in like the last five six years it was like that flip like it was always little memory stuff but it, in the last five six years was when he went really downhill with his health and stuff and memory and all that um so I think I was like 18 or 19 and he would like I would have little friends over and we'll be drinking or doing hookah and he would like come out and like yell at me and all my friends for drinking and tell them and tell us it's so bad for your liver and that you know the risk and stuff and then he ended up taking the shot with us so it, it was like it like I wish I cherished those moments more and I wish when he would tell me stories of like his youth I wouldn't be like oh, I don't want to hear this like yeah I get it you didn't have a tv growing up you didn't have this you didn't have that like my dad was born in 1942 like um so 
like I wish I took the time to actually listen so like because now even now like when my older brother tells me stories or family members tell me stories about my dad when he was growing up and it's just like in my head like I didn't know that person that's not who I got like that's not and obviously not only like because of his diagnosis but with time and age and stuff like that people change parenting styles change like he was so strict with my oldest brother my brother would be like tell me these stories of him growing up my brother's only about I think five or six years older than me no like eight years something like that like five to ten years older than me and he would tell me these stories of him growing up and I would just be like that's not the experience like my dad was a big teddy bear like he maybe yelled at me once like actually yelled at me like upset with me once and he was never kind of like that strict parent for me and my sister and I saw that as at this time he's older he's more relaxed he's done this seven eight times already so it's kind of like eh whatever but it's also just the effect of his diagnosis and things like that and that's what angers me that it's like I'm hearing these stories secondhand and that's not the dad I knew and I wish I knew that part of him Coño. yeah so and I didn't expect to be so angry at like that time and, and like the, the development of things and just how things like looking back and wishing I, I had this different perspective of my dad or of who he was that's pretty much it yeah and then you know as time started going by I think by the time I was pregnant with my daughter my daughter's sick so that's when his when he came he he would often go to DR for like six months at a time or a year at a time sometimes like throughout my whole life um so he went to DR for a few months and then when he, he originally went to DR because he was planning to like retire there and just spend the rest of his life there and like just come back and visit like spend time with my mom here and stuff like that but his health started deteriorating over there and it was just too much for my family out there so they sent him back um home and that's when we kind of started noticing like oh, okay like he's not all there anymore like he was still able like there's still was days where he was lucid and i would ask him questions and he would tell me stories and that's like those good days i cherish them because it's like i got to connect with him a little bit and parts of it sometimes he wouldn't know who I was he would be retelling me the story and you know sometimes he would confuse my daughter with me when I was little and say like oh yeah that's my daughter Nelly and it was, it was cute like little things like that or sometimes he would be out of it and not know who I was not know anyone around him except my mom he always knew who my mom was always even until the very end like he knew who my mom was it's he never like forgot her um There'll be times where he'll confuse her for a second, then he'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I know who she is, like, um, but he never forgot her until the end, and she was with him to the end. And it's another thing, like, I always look at my parents' relationship like it was so perfect, and it wasn't. You know, as you get older, you hear things, you know things, you learn different dynamics of your parents and just what they've gone through together as a couple, as parents, as individuals, but just that connection and that you know my mom met him when she was 18 or 19 and my mom is 65 66 Ooh, i don't know something like that so they were together like 50 almost 50 years so 
just to have someone that is your partner for that many years and is just with you to the very end. It's like the definition of marriage, the definition of for better and worse, sickness and health, all that other stuff. Like, I'm grateful that I came from that love. But I'm also angry that I didn't get to have more time with him. And, you know, I'm still grieving. I'm still learning what this grief means like. And like I said, it wasn't like something expected. He started getting sick and, you know, his um is kind of like a baby it would be day barely like you see that it gets less and less days of lucidness of him knowing who he even is or who anyone around him is and became like a kid again you know um my mom would have to feed him change his diaper take him a bath like he couldn't do anything for himself at a point and they get violent towards the end too just because of the confusion and, and all that stuff so then when he ultimately started getting sick and you know had to be put into a hospice because he needed like around the around the clock care like we knew the end was coming we just didn't know when and you know when he first went into the hospice they said they didn't think he was gonna make it a day or two in there and you know he lasted about two weeks in the hospice and it was just like he was fighting he was fighting to the end and um you know, I try to just give myself comfort that he's no longer in pain, that he's no longer suffering. But like I said, um, grief is, is your own personal journey. Grief is... Whew. Grief is something that everyone deals with differently. And again, I'm still dealing, I'm still grieving, I'm still processing all of this. And... The, day I feel, the way I feel today, I might not feel tomorrow, I'm, and they might feel it again in a week and or in a month, or, you know, it's definitely waves of different emotions, and I think the reason I wanted to just touch base is, one, I needed that outlet, just to get some of these feelings out, but I'll say I was a little judgmental of other people's griefs, like, not like my clients, but like, in general, like, oh, real buggy wipe my nose i would see people like talk about loss and grief and like their like when they would post you know that their loved ones pass and obviously it's sad and you're, you you want to be there for people but when they're like always posting about it and always talking about it i would just be like oh my god like why not why but it's just like oh like you know that's personal deal with that on your own and I saw it like as a secret, like, oh, you're grieving, keep it to yourself. And that's not like me experiencing this grief. It's like, no, even so, like I, I try sometimes not to talk about it or like, so you don't want to bring the mood down and make other people sad or, or talk about these sad things. But it's just like my grief doesn't have to be a secret. My grief doesn't have to be just for me. And, and I should be allowed to express that and share that and feel that however it comes in and whatever my grief look like or however I handle my grief that's okay because it's it's no one way path forward and I'm learning that I'm learning how to manage these feelings how to manage these expectations of what my loss should look like versus what it really looks like and I guess that's just really what I wanted to share just a little bit about my dad and my memories of him and how I'm coping or how I'm trying to cope with this yeah and you know it's not shameful to reach out to someone in your grief and talk about your grief or get that help whether it's professional whether it's reaching out to a friend or a loved one whether it's reaching out to me um 
yeah, so thanks for tuning in to another episode of Nerdy Does a Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for allowing me this space to openly grieve without it being a secret or kind of shameful or me crying in a little corner. I mean, technically, I am crying in my little podcast corner, but yeah. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. And I know I've mentioned this a little few times, but I am going to start doing one-on-one um, coaching. And so look out for that coming soon. Um, I have the link in my bio for you where you can watch this episode, whether it be on Anchor, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube or Instagram. So again, thanks for tuning in, guys.